Are you wanting to create a highly prosperous photography business doing what you love? Or maybe you have a great business already and want to up your game? Then you're in the right place. Master craftsman photographer Lucy Dumas and her guests are here to support you on your journey. Now here's your hostess and tour guide, Lucy. If a man does not keep pace with his companions, perhaps it is because he hears a different drummer. Let him step to the music which he hears, however measured or far away. And that's by Henry David Thoreau. And I have to say, I'm sure that if he was writing that again in this day and age, he would make it more inclusive. (laughs) Then it's not just about men. So (laughs) anyway, um, thank you again for tuning in to The Profitable Photographer. I'm super excited to have this chat with my really good friend, Suzanne Hansen-Ofeld. Before I do, I just want to invite you to go to lucydumas.com and on the homepage or the welcome page, there's a button. (laughs) There's a button to get uh, my ebook called 10 Big Ideas for Marketing in the Real World. And I also have a seven tips for attracting ideal clients report that you can log on to. So um, that is my little shameless promotion. (laughs) So let me introduce you to the amazing Suzanne. Suzanne Hansen-Ofeld is an artist who specializes in photography, coaching for creatives, and business development. She's the founder of She Wanders Photography and is a creative director for Wanderlings Design. She is a world traveler. She's photographed people all over the world. That's why She Wanders is her business name. And she loves to capture people's spirits with her creative portrait and travel photography. She graduated from San Francisco Art Institute and has been featured in Martha Stewart Weddings, Bride Magazine, The Knots, Style Me Pretty, Brooklyn Bride, and on the WE's Platinum Weddings. So um, she's pretty hot stuff. (laughs) She also leads workshops and she has one starting January 17th on Julia Cameron's The Vein of Gold book, which I reference a lot. I absolutely love Julia, absolutely love Julia Cameron and The Artist's Way and then her book on The Vein of Gold. So um, stay tuned to learn more about that. So Suzanne, thanks so much for saying yes to being on my show. My pleasure. I love your show and it's such an honor to get to speak with you. So Suzanne is actually one of my in the flesh friends. We have been part of a women's creative photography group. Um, I've been in it for 30 plus years. I'm one of the founders and I don't know, did you join like 20 years ago? Something like that, Suze? I think 18. Yeah. find a place if I joined in 2002 or 2003. Yes, but good long time. And um, she is one of the most creative and outside the box in a wonderful way, people and photographers that I know. So I'm excited to kind of glean from her some things that I know you are going to love as well. So before we dive into some of the topics I have for you today, can you share a little about your background as an artist and a photographer? Sure, I'd love to. Um, I was always a creative child and did so many projects and just kind of always had a different bent on things. 
And as I became a teenager, my mom would tell people like, oh, Suzanne's so artistic, Suzanne's so creative. And I couldn't draw and I couldn't color inside the lines. And although I had a wildly active mind, I felt like I wasn't actually good at anything. And my mom is certainly someone that tells the truth. And I told her, mom, like, I think you better stop telling people that. Like, I'm not five anymore. <laughs> I'm like, hey, like I think you might be lying. And she said, Suzanne, you are the most creative person I have ever met. Like, I promise you, I'm not lying. <sighs> and then when I was 17, I got a camera and like instantly I thought, and by camera, I mean, 24 exposure. Uh, what are those cameras called? They're not throwaway cameras, but the one where the film is inside and you only get 24 pictures. The um, throwaway cameras? Yeah, disposable camera. <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. I'm like, oh, I might never say anything again. Like, I'm just going to take pictures. Like, now I can draw and, you know, accurately portray what I'm seeing and what I'm thinking. And I told my mom, like, okay, you could tell anyone you want. I'm an artist and I'm a creative. <laughs> I've, I already, I, this is it. Like I found what I love to do yeah. and I was 17 years old and it was magic. It definitely took a lot of pressure off me to find the right words for mm. things. Mm -hmm. And instead I could say what I really wanted, which was image. So we have that in common, Suzanne, uh, but it took me until 26 to get it. I dabbled in all kinds of art. Um, I took, uh, glass stained glass classes and pottery Ooh. and I was always doing something crafty and creative and I always had a camera but I couldn't really afford much film and it was the cheapy cameras and I couldn't get what it was I wanted and it was when the ISOs were like a hundred <laughs> so you really could not you couldn't go in the shadows and get anything and then I was um had an out-of-town boyfriend and we met in the middle in Santa Barbara and because he lived in the Bay Area and he had just purchased a Canon AE-1 and I helped him load the film and I took a few pictures. And, it, you know, when people say like their first drink or their first hit of a certain drug yes, and I all do. of a sudden the world is all shiny. Yes. <laughs> sounds like you and I had that same that same moment. Yeah, I could tell I could tell you the decor of the room when I what that I was in like I could probably tell you what people were wearing the moment mm -hmm. when I discovered oh you mean you can just take pictures and say exactly what you want and stop trying to use 10,000 words and still know that they didn't understand you it was incredible yes and I, I imagine if we took a poll with the 66 countries that people are listening to this in I know I mentioned that a lot I'm Hope it doesn't it's so sound. impressive. It, <laughs> it's just shocking in a most wonderful way. Um, but I bet a lot of the listeners have had that experience. So let's talk about creativity because that is your thing in a huge way. And I know you have a lot to share on that. So I don't know. First of all, can you define creativity? I'm not sure. It's so it's like natural. Like, can you define breathing? Um, that's an interesting question. I feel it. And I think that probably my my tongue tied response right now explains to you, like can inform you um, as to why I love pictures, because people can ask me a question and I immediately my mind fills with like hundreds of images. Mm. And it's so overwhelming that I can't think of 
words other than to Google it and tell you whatever Webster's dictionary says. Um, so you teach classes also on Julia Cameron's book, The Artist Way, and her foundation is that we're all artists and we're all creative. So is there something in that intro when you're sharing what the book's about or something that, that kind of fits into that question? 100%. Um, and I think it kind of talks to like my core beliefs about people is creativity is like a very basic thing. And I think perhaps my definition of, an, definition of it might be broader than other people or I'm really adept at seeing it in other people, right? Mm -hmm. So for me, creativity is just something we all are. And some people have uncovered it and other people haven't. And one of my superpowers is pointing out when other people are being creative, right? Mm -hmm. They might not be as aware of it or consider themselves creative, um, but it's something that I can easily see. So for instance, I remember being on a flight on Virgin Atlantic from like London to Los Angeles. And I was sitting next to um, like an astrophysicist, some super, uh, super smart science guy, right? And it was so, we had such a fascinating conversation. And I, I remarked to him at some point, I'm like, wow, you are so creative. And he was like, what? And I'm like, yeah, I'm like your brain is fascinating. Like, look at all these connections you're making and how clearly visual you are and how like groundbreaking your mind is like, that is insane. And he's like, yeah, I guess I never thought about that. Like mm. it does require a tremendous amount of creativity to see and think of things that you can't really see. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so I noticed that some people get kind of paralyzed when they're wanting to do something creative. And I'll give you an example. I got on this kick one time when it was one Christmas, actually, where I was doing decorating T-shirts with fabric paint with and without glitter. And, <laughs> and a friend of mine who is very um, like, we're kind of opposites in like you and I both keep a lot of tabs open on our, on our browsers. And I kind of think that a neat desk is, is kind of boring. Yeah. <laughs> and she's very neat and she's very creative. And we sat down to, oh no, it was the dream board. We said, whatever it was, it was something where we were going to be creative. And she was absolutely paralyzed at even starting. Do you know what I've you know what I'm talking about with 100%, some people? 100%, yeah. So eventually she did do something wonderful and it was the exact opposite. Like every line lined up and they were perfect squares and it was fantastic and different than me. But what do you think that paralysis is about? I think sometimes people are afraid to fail or afraid to make mistakes or afraid to be perceived as bad at something. Um, and... For me, creativity is about exploration and taking risks and having fun. Um, I have this fundamental belief that I love creativity and creativity loves me. So maybe I think of it more like a relationship and I practice creativity every day. I have a commitment to it, but I don't ask for unreasonable demands from it either. And I think we've all learned like the more times 
the more practice you put into something, the better you are. So there's this myth that like artists are born, right? Mm-hmm. And I think somehow there's a collective agreement that somebody picks up a paintbrush and they're a genius the first time. And I don't share that belief at all. Like I don't even find it interesting. I don't even aspire to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I aspire to the creative, to the joy, to the commitment, to being in love with photography for decades and uncovering more and more and going deeper and deeper. And even if it isn't photography, um, if it's painting, I paint all the time. I've painted since 2002. I mean, since I was a kid, but I've actively painted since a few months before I started She Wanders. And I have never showed most people my paintings, right? They're just for me. And some of them are good and I hang up and some of them I don't, but it's there's no pressure on them to be good. There's only a, a connection and a play and a, an opportunity to feel some kind of freedom for my mm-hmm. brain to exercise. That's huge. To open, exercise that openness. So for me, when I paint, I am just giving myself the creative freedom to be in an open space where there are kind of infinite possibilities. It's okay if I make a misstep and it's okay if I correct it later or if I don't. But I, I want to have a familiarity with that sense of freedom. Mm. And then I often apply that when I'm shooting a wedding, for instance. You know, there's a time limit and there's a sense of pressure and it's wonderfully distracting. Like everything's dazzling. And mm-hmm. I want to be able to be creative kind of on command. And I want to access that space of creative freedom whenever I want. And so I practice that. I practice that all the time. Yes. So one of the things that if people want to jump onto her website and see her professional work, I think you'll quickly see that she has a sense of style that's all her own. And that's always been the case. Can you define what sets you apart a little bit or what your vein of gold is in terms of your photography? I think some people look at it and they might say that my style is soulful and authentic and that there's an optimistic kind of magic to things Mm -hmm. that I live in a pastel world that's soft and dreamy. That's Mm -hmm. the, the things that people most often say about me, but I don't see it that way. I see it as I really love photography and I love showing people who are willing to trust me and be open, how beautiful I think they are and Mm. how beautiful I think their life is and how individual they are. Mm. And if I create a safe space for them to be themselves, then beautiful work just follows. And I'm fascinated by it. Like I'm present. I'm, I'm mesmerized. Something that I feel about your work is that like you see the moments in between the moments I see. Yes. What I mean by that is I'm looking at times for those, you know, I love when the lighting is perfect and the fingers and the toes and everything are kind of all in place. And I also know that those uh, with my clients are often what ends up as wall portraits and you capture the, the moments that where everything is perfectly imperfect I mean, and yes, you can do all the fingers and toes and everything just right 
as well, but you have this eye for seeing those, you know, I'm always surprised when I see your work, like I wouldn't have seen that and not making me any less because there's things I see you don't see, but um, there's like us, the surprising moments in what you do. And you at some point just gave yourself permission to be outrageously yourself and to have your own voice. And that's what I hope that the listeners are taking away from this conversation and all conversations. <laughs> so, yeah. Thank um, you. I, I agree. And that when I look at your work, it's very um, award-winning and <clears throat> perfect and beautiful. And sometimes people inadvertently um, describe our work as like, wow, every image is perfect. And I'm like, oh no, every image is not perfect. Like they're technically, I'm breaking so many rules all the time, but it feels perfect to me. And right. often people will remark that they feel like it's very, like our work is very in focus. Like they really know where to look mm-hmm. and um, that's from a client's perspective, but from a photographer's perspective, my work is almost completely out of focus. It's, we shoot at very, you know, I shoot wide open and everything is very soft and it's very clear where your eye should go, but only because almost everything else is out of focus. Right. Right. And when I'm working with my clients, they will kind of, we direct them of course through the day and make them feel comfortable but the pose I direct them into is not at all what I'm interested in. I am interested in when they laugh at how kind of it didn't work or it felt funny or mm-hmm. they, they stopped posing. So then right. that's when I'm really shooting. That's what I'm, I'm searching for those moments with right. such thrilling intensity, like all day long to get those magical imperfect moments that right. mean the world to me because if I photographed people perfectly, then I wouldn't know that it was them, I think. And mm. I'm just looking for them to reveal anything to me that is their own natural gesture so that when their friends look at the images, they aren't saying like, wow, Suzanne's a great photographer. They're saying, wow, Suzanne captured Kelsey mm-hmm. and, and they I, know her. And I think how I do that is in their expression on their face. Mm-hmm. where it oh, looks yeah. like they're very present. Mm-hmm. Um, what I love about this and how I think it connects to profitability is when you found that style that is you, then you stand out from everybody else. And there's lots of online Facebook conversations about, I'm trying to figure out my style. And sometimes that means uh, what editing style they want or their preset. Mm-hmm. And I think that we each have an absolute individual innate creative um, essence or the way we see the world. And when we honor that and explore that and allow it to expand, then we have something that is, is more easily sellable because there's not a comparison to others quite as much. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. And I've never heard anyone say it so articulately. I definitely honor, explore, and expand my style. So the thing I'm most interested about in my clients is allowing them to be themselves. And if you hadn't phrased it it this way, I wouldn't have made the connection. But I also give myself permission to be myself. So tell me what I said again. I want to type it. (laughs) Honor, 
explore expand and expand so our processes are quite similar yes so how do you think that helps you be a highly profitable photographer because fyi you are <laughs> so thank you i i am a wildly intentional person um and i am also very soft hearted so everything we do at she wanders is to look for strategic ways to guarantee satisfaction in our clients. So that might sound vague, but it's actually really specific. So I know who I am and I know what I can do. And for instance, because I know who I am, I know I can't do volume. Mm -hmm. I can't be a photographer that does 60 weddings. It's not in me. I, I also am somebody who needs to really care about their clients. So I need to charge a certain amount in order to give them the time that I require to do a good job for them. So I'd love to hear more about that, Suzanne, about the profitability. Yeah. So knowing that I'm not going to do volume and that I'm going to spend a lot of time with my clients, that puts us at a certain at a certain price point in San Diego. Right. Mm -hmm. And The other aspect that's important to me is that people can afford me. I don't want to be the most expensive vendor at a wedding because again, I, I want the customer experience to be really nice. And I don't want to feel like people are going into debt just to hire me. So I'm kind of priced at the four to 7,000 point in San Diego, which is like a really nice starting point and puts me in the high end category. And it means that I'm mostly going to be working with wedding coordinators and their budgets would, I would fit into their budget. Does that make sense? Like I'm a line item. Yes. So that's really nice for me. Yes. Now the one thing, you know, you and I can chat about this later if you want to pick my brain about ways you can actually uh, increase your bottom line on that. Um, but that is a, that nice sweet spot that where you're definitely standing out, that it definitely separates you from the people that are price shopping. You know, there's lots more choices of people in the, I'd say, two to $3,000 category. But when you're higher, it communicates something. And at the same time, if your starting was 10, then I think your whole business model would need to be different. Now, that being said, um, there's so many ways to take a $5,000 wedding and have after sale of an extra 2,500 to 5,000. Oh, absolutely. And um, is that something that you do? And can you share how you do that? Yes. So let's say initially a client hires me for eight hours and they want an engagement session and the wedding coverage But there's also other things that as we establish our relationship that they might decide to add on. So they can quite easily add on a wedding album and our wedding albums typically run 1800 to 4,500. And I'd say our most common is probably the $2,500 one Mm -hmm. because there's so many images and all those small moments that happen in between that it makes, you know, it hard to narrow down your images for your wedding album and really encourages people to get bigger ones Mm -hmm. just because there's so many beautiful images that tell a story that are unique. Right. And 
they might also want to add on rehearsal dinner coverage or a third photographer kind of around the cocktail or, or reception. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the wedding coordinator will design a beautiful backdrop so that every guest can kind of have their portrait taken. Not unlike the, what's it called? Like at the Oscars or the Emmys. Um, yeah, the, yeah, that. We, <laughs> There's a word. In, in our business, we call it step and repeat. Step and repeat, yeah. So yeah. instead of a step and repeat or, or instead of a, um, photo booth like sometimes they just want really beautiful portraits right. by a photographer that gives them you know a moment to do something lovely yeah. so that's another nice add-on yeah. and then so, I also create custom wall portraits mm -hmm. so there sometimes clients want something very specific for the dimensions of their home and they might want it the way we present it in a gallery and that's always really fun to create a custom mm -hmm. piece of art for them. Yeah. So Suzanne, one of the ways that I price and when I'm coaching people, especially people who've been primarily doing weddings in the shoot and share only, is mm -hmm. we set up packages that include the book, but with a modest number of photographs. And, yeah. um, and they can add on the matching digitals or something so that let's say something is 4,000 and people are comfortable with that. But when the day is over and we sit down and I do use my projector with weddings as well, Suzanne. Um, and as we're editing down and there's like a hundred that they love, then they have options to buy more after. And people have more money later when they've kind of recovered so absolutely so like i don't personally present them with the portraits till maybe or the photos from a wedding till maybe three weeks after so that they've had time to like everybody has another paycheck that comes in or you know it kind of like there's not the the money pressure that there is building up to the wedding day so yeah and just a little tip um, for my listeners, uh, the way I do engagements is I have a session fee price, but when they book me for a wedding, I don't do very many anymore, but they can add on engagement with a prepayment of a minimum purchase. And so that way people that are only like, oh yeah, I'd like one eight by 10 and I go spend, you know, I know you and I both love to do lots of photographs and I show them yeah. tons and then they just buy one that used to just break my heart. So when I decided to do it this other way and suggest that they're going to want a wall portrait and a book from the engagement session, then almost all of my clients that then booked the engagement, bought the book and we did the wall portrait from the engagement. So that easily bumped up my sales back in the day by, you know, a thousand to three thousand for that, and my more recent ones have added like more like four to six thousand from the engagement. So, um, you know, just a little tip on how to avoid having to do engagement sessions where you don't get any more money. <laughs> yeah. Also, albums are so wonderful for engagement sessions, and they're so priceless. Um, a lot of our couples will have like a eight by eight, thirty page 
engagement session album and then have their guests use it kind of as their guest sign-in book at the wedding right. mm -hmm. and then you have all these beautiful warm wishes and I love mine from my wedding mm -hmm. just, I feel like it becomes more and more priceless over time yes our our mutual friend you know Wendy right local photographer Wendy yeah um she used to be in our group so she did engagement uh I'm I'm not married anymore, but I really enjoyed going to Hillcrest with my then fiance. And we just did the most fun things. And I wore a cute hat and we sat and had coffee together. And uh yeah, and those because in wedding clothes, there's more of a kind of an expiration date, in my opinion, for like how many decades do you want to look at a bunch of pictures in wedding clothes? Whereas engagement. I just feel like it is a nice, it's a nice balance. So I also love that we've been talking about creativity and now we're talking about the money and you're just as excited and creative in your approach to the business aspect. So, um, yeah, <laughs> that, that to me is, I am, go ahead. I really love the business part of it as well. And there's a page on our website that is my most favorite page. And it basically just thanks our clients for our entire life that mm -hmm. I get to be a creative, that I get to live this life. Like I am wildly, wildly grateful. And I love that people hire us, you know, I think it's incredible. And I do everything that I can to honor the fact that they're letting me be a creative, like full time. Mm. And I think that makes business exciting as well, you know? I both want to honor how much I love creativity and that they give me this life. And yeah. part of that is making business fun as well, right? We need to do it. So it might as well be fun. Right. And if you can do things to attract the right people that you really want as your clients, then that's fun, right? Like that's so powerful. That's totally. so beautiful. Yes. Almost all of my well, not all, but I'll say 70% of my clients have been people that I wish they lived next door. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even when I call people my clients, I honestly feel a little bit like I'm lying because I, I want to call them my friends. Um, and I often become friends with them afterwards. And honestly, I feel like I'm often like a part of their family, you know, yes. just a small part yeah. of it. But they're yeah. themselves in front of me and they let me behind the scenes and they mm -hmm. let me see who they are. And it's, it's wild. I love right. it. Now there's, and this is something I've been um, recently in my coaching, getting more and more clarity about because anyone has listened to me talk about the foundation of how to set yourself up to have great sales. It starts with becoming the trusted advisor and the first phone call, I always suggest that we have a deep, friendly conversation. One of the tricks of that is to still position ourselves as the artist, as the, like, the boss of what we're doing, uh, as opposed to the new best friend, where you get on such a friend level that they start expecting discounts. Mm -hmm. Have you ever had that? I've had that happen a few times where I was like, oh my gosh, we had become like such good friends and now they're treating me badly and they're offended when I'm asking for money. How did that happen? And, and it happened because there was a line that I crossed that 
is kind of intangible, like how I would talk to uh, somebody, a photographer that I just met versus a potential client. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. And I'm just trying to figure out how, like, what successful strategies do I use to avoid that? And I would say that it, one thing that I know I do well, and it kind of goes back to like my core values is I don't do volume. We're a small boutique agency. We never shoot more than 30 weddings a year. Um, And when I interact with my clients, I'm very present. I will call them or we're talking at a a scheduled time and I'm 100% present for whatever they need in that moment. Mm -hmm. So I'm never very casual about it, you know? Mm -hmm. Like I'm never like, hey, like how's it? I don't know. I, yeah. I think it's just that the world isn't going by me so quickly that I can't be aware of our relationship. Right. I What I hear, and this is what I'm coming to as I try to articulate this in my coaching and anywhere else anyone wants to listen to me, <laughs> is we keep the focus on service of them. Yeah. So like one of my clients is um, on a military base. And there's this standard repertoire that whenever you meet somebody in her community, they go into this, well, where have you been? Do you know so-and-so? And And they start having this kind of like almost um, outlined conversation that that, um, I've been helping her be more aware of that. And instead of going deep into that, that's standard in her community, is very quickly start asking questions about about them, about their children and getting in that listening position and at the same time some then offering some guidance. So yeah, it's a it is an art for you sure. You hit the nail on the head. So you what did you hear me? Because I um I am not, not like talking about the weather or kind of what's going on in my day, but I deeply want to know them. And I right. and I'm so honored that they're giving me this creative life that I just always take it so seriously where I'm like, tell me about yourselves. Mm-hmm. And when I, when a client's interviewing me for, to be their wedding photographer, I equally feel like I'm interviewing them. And one of the questions I say is if I were in your shoes, the question I would ask me is how can I be a great client? And I want them to ask me, how can I be a great client? Because I great clients get the most out of their photographer, right? And I want them to have the most out of me. I want to exceed their expectations. And I always tell them the way that you can be a great client is to fill out the questionnaires. It's to make time to be, to have these conversations where we get to know each other, where I can ask you, you know, infinite questions about the day so that we've taken care of all the business beforehand, you know, all of the logistics Mm. and So on the wedding day, we're just floating and it's joyous. And when you give somebody that part of yourself, you know, when you give someone your undivided attention and you really listen and care about them, they respect you and they respect your time. And they kind of, my clients tend to to meet me halfway. Mm -hmm. And I I think it's because of our branding as well, to be honest, like every single aspect of our branding and every single thing that we do is to get that client whose right. friends would refer to them as compassionate and caring and mm-hmm. 
that they have some form of gratitude either for their fiance or their friend group or their family group, you know, but whatever part of their lives is good that they have gratitude for it and they want to celebrate it. Oh, I just hear uh, the listener going, Suzanne, you are blowing my mind. (laughs) And that is such a great conversation. So yes. Thank you. Um, I have to say um, your website was the first one that I ever saw where on the about me, you listed like, I don't know if it was, I like black coffee and walks in the rain and sometimes, <laughs> and the thing is that fits your brand. And, absolutely. and so for you, it's absolutely perfect because it felt like Suzanne. And when I'm helping people uh, figure out their about me and they've done that, almost nobody is, what am I trying to say? Um, do, do you get what I'm saying? I'm sure you've seen it. And since. what you're referring to, I think, is our, our manifesto. So it's um, on our website. It's really like our about me, but it basically says all the things we believe in. Um, right. And, and that fits you. Talk about our artists. And, yes. And the reason why we have that page is to let people know that I hold deep beliefs. I'm a very intentional person. Mm-hmm. And I want clients to hire me who hold very, who, whatever their beliefs are, that they hold them true to themselves, you know, because I want people to be themselves and I want people who know who they are. Mm. And I want to let them know that I see them and I'm proud of them and they're worthy. And I, I love them for that. Mm -hmm. So being vulnerable with that manifesto is me meeting them halfway. Right. And what I'm, what I'm trying to, get at is that is an intrinsic part of your brand Mm -hmm. and it doesn't fit everybody. And and I've, I'm sure the listeners have looked at websites where, where people have that, but they, I'm not communicating this as clearly as I want to, but an about me when it feels like, you know, the person and you know why you'd want to hire them, that is highly successful when you're copying an idea because yours was the first I ever saw um, that did that. And then I saw a lot of people, I don't know, I think I'm tangling myself up here and it's just a simple thought, but my words are not fully getting it out there. So about me is, is um, like, we want to have a deep exploration and not something surface like, oh, that's fun. I'll just do this. Am I making oh, yeah. any sense, Susan? You are. That, that's it. That is great. So for me, when I look at a website, like we have to have an, a, a contact me about me, you have to convey certain things to let people know you're functional, you're an adult, you're because let's just say weddings, for instance, right? You have to have some sort of trust that they're going to hire you in advance and hope that you show up on that day and do your work, right? Because it's not like a car where you can see what you're buying in advance. So on your website, you have to have all these functional, normal things. But then if you imagine it like a cake, there's how do you decorate that cake? So each time we have a correspondence with our clients in some way, there's like the functional things that you need to say and do. But then it's like, how do we create that soulful magic, that playfulness. And from a practical point of view, in case this is helpful, um, 
our color palette is so intentional and something that I spent weeks thinking of and is soft and particular and it's very like appropriate to our clients and our language is wildly intentional yes. to, we never use negative words, um, even words that you wouldn't consider negative. I always change to something that's more uplifting, that's more celebratory. Um, and we're very careful about the imagery we show as well, which is a lot of hugging. You know, if you look at my website, there's like a lot of people being very natural and these kind of perfect and perfect moments and a lot of touching and um, my love language is touch, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of my clients kind of relate to me and like to hug people. Not all of them do, but we're giving them those cues that I'm kind of nice and compassionate and sincere in an effort to attract people who feel that similar way and also to repel people who are maybe like the focus to be on them and don't really care about their guests or very self-centered or just might have like a kind of a harsher personality in general. Mm -hmm. right. And because I've already committed to loving and caring about my clients and opening myself up to them, if they're kind of selfish and mean, then I <laughs> would get their energy, right? And I'm, yeah. I'm not made for that. Like I'm yeah. not made to service mean clients. No. I just want the people that I can care about and that it's safe to care about them. Right. And I will say that I know that your whole branding on all of this, it isn't something that you just did overnight. Like, oh my gosh, I need to oh, figure no. this out today. And one of the things I do when I'm coaching people that you may not know, Suzanne, by the way, Suzanne is the first person when I said, I'm thinking of becoming a coach. I remember the moment when she said, 100%, absolutely, you need to do this. It's perfect for you. Go for it. All the universe, the angels are singing. You, Yes, yes, yes. So yes, yes. Suzanne and is it's so funny looking back, Lucy, because can you really remember a time that you weren't a coach? No. I've only known 2003 and you've been nothing but a coach since then. You just decided to formally step into that role, but you've always been that person. Oh, yeah. It, grade school, probably when I was four yes. in, in uh, Sunday school, I was helping people. <laughs> so, yes. uh, yeah. So thank you for, uh, you know, being the voice of, of wh whoever is the, it's the voice for, for being so clear on that. Um, but I was starting to say that, um, well, first of all, oh, I know. So in my coaching, I do a branding exploration that includes a craft project, a visualization, a question that you ask your friends and family to unearth your individuality and what makes you special in the world and your own sensibility, creativity. So if people are thinking, well, how do we figure that out? Um, I came up with some tools just from, it was one of those two in the morning ideas and um were you at the retreat when we went to the um the mission many no, years ago but I heard it was wonderful so it started with that where we did uh not not um vision boards but something similar i called the identity map and 
where people just clipped out stuff that they liked. And then we went around and did show and tell. And it just amazed me how each person had a super clear color palette and brand. I remember um, Jennifer, was it Jennifer? She lives in Hawaii now. And there was dolphins and water. And um, yeah, I got to see her this time last year in on the big island. And, And we all have something that is unique to us in and multi-level and I'm sure um, as you've been listening you've gotten the clarity with Suzanne that she even knows how to communicate it with words as well as visual so I've super quick questions I think we could just go another hour or two but uh, um, (laughs) so one of the things that I especially appreciate about Suzanne that I show my coaching clients when we're talking about ways to stay top of mind is that she has the most fabulous and consistent newsletter. And here's what I see Suzanne in it. First of all, your title always makes me want to open it. I loved when you, you know, did the season. So, Oh, June, let's (laughs) sit, let's sit down and enjoy uh, the, the sun today, or, you know, that just these really great titles. And then it's, it's really fresh and light, like your brand, and it's simple, and there's not usually like an offer, but it makes me want to know you, hang out with you, hire you, uh, sign up for your class, whatever, on a consistent basis. So, um, yeah, I guess, I don't know if there's a question on that, but just... Uh, a newsletter is such a fun extension of your brand, and I... I think branding is so fun. It's like painting and colors and who you want to be and what season. And I don't know. I think it's like a little bit of a hobby for me. And maybe I have misinterpreted branding as being in the same category as like pottery and painting and collaging. Like I'm just as likely to to pin a palette as I am a painting or a sculpture. Mm-hmm. It's really fun. And I think a newsletter is a, a cool way to say hello and just kind of put your hand up and say, I'm here. And I think one of the things that people most notice about our newsletter is that it's more of a hello and here's what cool things my clients are up to and that we saw, we got to tell this beautiful story and it's fun. I, I encourage people to send them out and just instead of only thinking I'm selling this, this and that, just think of it more as writing a letter to, I, I honestly write it to my friends, mm. um, but maybe not in the casual way that that sounds like. So I'm not writing like, I think a lot of my friends and I would give them my presence when I was communicating right. with them, Right. Yeah, what I notice consistently is you share something about what's going on in your life. Mm-hmm. As a um, hello. Maybe something inspirational, could be a quote, could be even some photographs that you took when you were on a walk in nature, and then something with clients' photographs. And it's just very fresh and light. It's not all blocked with a heavy template. It's it um and it and it's easy to open it look at it all, get a happy feeling, and then go on to your next email. So you don't have to sit down and read every single word, but I always read most of the words because it's like that sweet spot, not too much, not too little. 
So um, my second, 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 this might be a conversation for the future is about your apprentice program. You have consistently had people work for you and with you and taught them along the way, mostly for free. And then I think some of them turn into employees. So how, tell me, I don't know, is there anything you can say about that? And maybe it's a topic for another day, but um, it's been amazing. Thank you for, thank you for bringing it up. And thank you for asking me. Um, Again, it goes back to gratitude. I am so grateful for She Wanders and for our community and for our clients. And I, again, had a mom that thought creativity was great and, you know, not a, she wasn't like sad that I was a creative kid. You know, she didn't ask me to be somebody else. And I also have ADHD, which is super common for artists. And I wasn't really ever made to feel bad about that. I was more able to discover what was good about that. So maybe I'm not great at focusing on things that are boring, but I'm exceptional at hyper-focusing on things that are interesting. So in 2008, when the economy was having problems, I read an article, probably in like the New York Times or something, that kids were graduating from college and having to move back to their homes and not getting a job. And I left home when I was 19. I put myself through college. I'm so proud of everything I've accomplished. And I can't imagine having taken that journey and worked as hard as I had my whole life and not gotten a job right away upon graduating college. So a few days, probably the same day that I read that article, I researched how do you offer internships? And Mm. I reached out to the local colleges and she wanders started offering internships. And our first intern was Tracy Lee, and we couldn't have had a better, more amazing intern. And we didn't really know what we were doing in the beginning, other than I wanted her to have a behind the scenes look at what a successful wedding and portrait business looked like. And I, my 100% goal was that she would have something on her resume that the competitor didn't, right? That she could say, I had this internship. Here are the bullet points of what I learned at that internship. And I make myself available to my interns to tell them, hey, you know, this behavior isn't great for the workforce. Or you should, you know, shift your energy a little bit over here because this is what bosses are really looking for. And I also would interview um, people that hired people and eavesdrop in conversations on cafes. Like I wanted to know everything that an employer was looking for in a creative type position. And some semesters we might have five interns. Sometimes we have one. Um, it's our way of giving back to the community and it's really incredible and it's fun. And it's so hard to balance. Um, the time that you give them in your week, you know, as you're mm-hmm. running your business. But it also puts me in a unique position that if one of my friends wants to hire someone, I'm able to give them a reference, you know, mm-hmm. if they're a good fit for them, I'm a resource for somebody that mentors creatives, right? And that that benefits me. And I also typically hire from our intern pool for production assistants, Mm. admin assistants. um, And I get to grow them up. 
Like that is no. so incredible to see them blossom. And if they're, we're very open-minded about what they do so that we give them a chance to try a few things before they kind of specialize in that mm-hmm. project, right? We want to let them be bad at something, a few things until they're good at something. And then mm-hmm. it's like, hey, did you know you were good at this? Did you know that that you could do this? Like, keep falling down this path. Like, this is a natural talent of yours. And they get to be proud of themselves. And I get to be proud of them. And at the same time, you get uh, people with hands and mind and time on their hands that support your business. So it's not all a one way you doing for them, but you get you get things done in your business, correct? The commitment is 150 hours. So the first hundred, they're more taking my time than um, kind of giving back to the business. But okay. usually in the last 50 hours, almost all of them are able to kind of help with like something that kept our business kind of moving forward, right? Okay. Yeah. And that varies dramatically for each student. Mm. One of the rules of having an intern is that they can't financially benefit your business. And we're very kind of by the book at She Wonders. And mm-hmm. so they don't do any client work. They don't kind of work for free, but they do like add to our reputation and that ah. we're a business that's good, right? Oh, and often they learn how to write my newsletters. And when I hire someone, I've already tested whether they're good or not. So financially, that saves me a lot of money, right? Mm -hmm. So it's a labor of love with long range benefits. Yes, that's the perfect way to say it. Yes. Okay. So we're just about out of time. And I, so I'm going to ask you uh, one thing and then one more thing. (laughs) (laughs) So, So the one thing is... Uh, how do people get in touch with you and see your work? So the easiest way is shewanders.com. It's S-H-E-W-A-N-D-E-R-S.com. Or on Instagram is at shewanders. There is another photographer that just started recently that is shewanders photography. Um, I don't think they did their diligence Mm -hmm. before choosing a name since we've already been in business for so long. So it's she wanders without the photography um, or my, my phone number is on the website. My email is on the website. Reach out and say hi. Great. And I know part of why we're, we're recording this. We had this idea when uh, she and some of our other friends stopped by and we had a little porch uh, get together and I'm like, Suzanne, you're doing this class. Why don't you get on my podcast? So maybe more people can learn about it. So you're starting your vein of gold class, which is the book by Julia Cameron on the 17th of January, 2020. Is that right? Correct. And, and I co-teach it with my friend, Aaron, and it's super fun. We did the artist way um, at the, the last three months of 2020. And it's a really nice community. It's really inspiring. And you really creatively open up and kind of become someone that you maybe weren't even expecting. Awesome. And it's just 222 for 12 weeks. So, you know, that's a no brainer. And I know that you are creating a very special gift for my audience. So what is it and how can my listener find it? 
Sure. So it's located on shewanders.com forward slash N-I-N-E W-A-Y-S. And it's a really wonderful booklet that is nine ways to explore your creativity. And these are things that I work with all the time with my students and with my interns on how to be more creative. And it's a really fun and compelling way to just open your mind to different ideas and get to play in the land of creativity. I know that people are going to love that and also are enjoying our conversation here. You always um, kind of light up all kinds of new things in my brain (laughs) every time we talk. Okay, so the last question, uh, first of all, listeners, be sure to stay tuned for my wrap up. So Suzanne, (laughs) is there one like your last word or one thing that you want to be sure to share with the listeners? Absolutely. So I've loved talking with you, Lucy. Thank you for your time today. Um, We spoke a lot about creativity and branding, and I would encourage people to explore both of them and consider that it's fun and inviting and that it's okay to make mistakes and make a mess and keep moving on and seeing what really rings true for them, you know? Mm -hmm. So just get out there and play. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, thank you, Suzanne. And I can't wait till we get to hug again, because it was so hard to socially distance mask when I saw you in our house last week. I was like, (laughs) I need a hug from you, but that will come. And also if you're listening to this past, you know, way in the future, uh, feel free to reach out to Suzanne to see if she's starting any other groups, because that's how she rolls. She's a giver. So thanks, Suzanne. Thank you so much, Lucy. Talk to you soon. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. So before I give you a little quick wrap up of my notes from this very rich, fun conversation, at least it was for me, hope you've enjoyed it. Just a reminder, I absolutely love to support you. I want you to be as successful as you can imagine, and maybe even more so. So I would love to connect. You can just contact me with a phone call, an email, a carrier pigeon, (laughs) instant message. No, what's it called? DMs on Facebook. And um, I can give you quick support or we can talk more about developing a relationship. I do have space still in my marketing mastermind group. And I tell you, it's just been so powerful to have a group of people committed to their own success and to supporting others. So how do I wrap up our conversation with Suzanne? Uh, I think the core is maybe that it's important to explore our creativity. It's important to play in that realm. And through that, we can find our, what Julia Cameron calls our vein of gold And FYI, the vein of gold is that area where we can shine. So for me, for many years, it was weddings, photographing weddings, because I loved weddings. I loved the pageantry. I loved the candles. I loved brides. I loved being sort of the big sister for brides and grooms. And then the other vein of gold after that was photographing children, because I'd rather be around kids than anyone else pretty much. And now also the coaching 
is something I've always done, as Suzanne mentioned. So finding those places where what rather than specializing in everything, there is a place that's our own unique success. So that's what, even though we didn't talk about that, um, that is what that book's about and what her class is about and what I'm all about. She talked a lot about honoring and exploring what's natural for me and that to become highly profitable, it is really helpful to find our own style, our own brand, know who we are looking for and that is looking for us. We talked about the importance of or the value of a nice newsletter that is consistent and just helps people stay connected and and have kind of a window into your world and what you're up to. And this is something I absolutely love. She said, with every client, she says, if I was in your shoes, I'd ask, how can I be a great client? And then she tells them, and that helps them both discover whether they're right for each other. So I think that's about, you know, this just was a rich multidimensional conversation, which I knew it would be. And I just encourage you to go take it a look. I just encourage you to go take a look at what she does, her photography, join her group and just connect because she's, as you can tell to me, she's someone really super special. And I think she could be special in your world too. So get out there, create, get messy, get your hands dirty, uh, go for it. And that is all I have to say for today. So bye for now. You have been listening to The Highly Profitable Photographer with Lucy Dumas. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please rate, subscribe, review, and share. To connect one-on-one and learn more about our coaching programs, just go to lucydumascoaching.com. Until next time, go have fun photographing and selling your work.